Why didn't you write me? It wasn't over for me. I waited for you for seven years. I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you for a whole year. You wrote me? Yes. It wasn't over. It still isn't. Cut! Will someone get that cat off the set? We were on a roll, damn it. Tears were in my eyes. Tears. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Welcome to Banana Q Podcast. Hi, everyone. In this episode, we will be talking about one of my favorite genres in movies, which is romantic comedies. Woohoo! Or rom-com, right? Yeah, rom-com for short. What we will be tackling here actually is the parts of the rom-com and then we will be discussing mm. some scenes from famous rom-coms and then thinking like, um, is this realistic? Do you think that this could happen in real life? Yes. That's always the question at the back of the viewer's mind. Like, is this really happening in the real world? Is this even a touch close to reality? Yeah, exactly. Like, do you, we know anyone has run through the airport to stop someone from boarding just to declare their love? Like, really? <laughs> mm, I, I don't think that can happen in the Philippines because you'll have to buy a ticket. You'll have to <laughs> run through security. Yeah, like seriously, all the security is like such a hassle. I don't really mm. think that part is realistic to be honest so yeah there you go that's a preview of what we will be talking about yes but we will break it down into the parts of a rom-com so the first part would be something called the meet cute this clip from the holiday one of my fave rom-coms best explains what that means oh, thank you thank you well this was some meet cute <laughs> sorry it's how two characters meet in a movie. Say, say a man and a woman both need something to sleep in. Uh-huh. And they both go to the same men's pajama department. Right. And the man says to the salesman, I just need bottoms. The woman says, I just need a top. They look at each other, and that's the meat cute. Oh, I see. Our first movie example of this can't possibly happen in real life. The Lake House. Mm. So in that movie, Kate and Alex happen to live in the same lake house, but during different times. So they become acquainted when they started leaving letters for each other through their mailbox. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds realistic enough, so why not? It can't happen in real life because mm -hmm. the mailbox is some kind of a time-traveling machine, mm -hmm. which sends Kate's letter to Alex two years in the past, which is crazy. Yeah, I don't think that can happen in real life. Unless, you know, listeners, please correct us if you personally <laughs> have some kind of time-traveling mailbox that you own. And if you do, can I send one also? Yeah, because I want to send more. My past me. Some tips, right? <laughs> Some stock tips, yes. Two years ago, I would have told myself, hey, prepare for COVID-19. Sell <laughs> yeah. all your stocks right now. <laughs> <laughs> and when it tanks in March, buy everything back again. <laughs> yeah, that is a very good tip. And what would you tell your past self? Would you be like me, sending stock tips? Or mm. will it be something else? Now that you mention it, yeah, yeah, I'd probably say the same thing. And also, like, you know, warn myself about COVID-19. But actually, if I think about it, if I tell myself about COVID-19, I probably wouldn't believe myself. Like, are you kidding me? That sounds like a plot from a zombie apocalypse movie. 
movie, you're pulling my leg. Oh, but you need to prove your past you that you are who you say you are. Oh, so how would you do that? I don't know. Mm. Tell her something that only you would know, that you haven't told a single soul, right? Mm, maybe your Amazon password. <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 but if it's future you, you would probably have changed it. And I don't really remember what my Amazon password was two years ago. Mm. Mm. Eh? Or maybe a secret crush that you had long time ago and that you were too shy to share to anyone. That's true. Yeah, it could be it. Like, Or you were too ashamed to admit. Like, I can't believe mm. I have a crush on this guy, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. Before we go completely down another rabbit hole, like maybe we should talk about the next one, which mm-hmm. is actually um, a meet cute that happens in one of the most popular rom-coms of all time, which is When Harry Met Sally. But it's not Harry and Sally's meet cute that struck me, but that of other characters. So it's when Jess meets Marie. <laughs> Mm. So Harry and Sally, they are friends who are both single, so they decide to set each other up with their best friends, Jess and Marie. But when they go on a double date to do this, Jess doesn't hit it off with Sally, nor Harry with Marie. Instead, Jess and Marie end up liking each other. (laughs) (laughs) Traitor. Yeah, like, how dare you? How could you? But the funny thing is, this actually sort of happened to a friend of mine in real life. So, uh, yeah. So my friend Bella, she was on Tinder. So we jokingly call her the Tindera. (laughs) So she swiped right on, on this guy named Neil. And then they chatted and agreed to meet up. But then Neil asked, uh, could I bring my single friend Mon? And, you know, uh, could you also bring a single girlfriend for Mon to date? You know, so it's a double date. Mm. And Bella said, okay, sure. And then they meet up. And the funny thing is, well, Bella ended up hitting off with Mon instead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then Mon asked Neil, like, could he pursue Bella? And, well, Neil agreed because maybe he didn't see a point in pursuing someone who obviously was into his friend, right? So Mon and Bella, they end up getting married. Wow, that was so selfless of (laughs) Of, Neil Neil. (laughs) to give up. Yeah, exactly. But then, would you still continue to pursue Bella if she obviously isn't to your friend? I wouldn't, but of course, it would be awkward. It's like my best friend's wedding is... (laughs) Yeah. Him getting married to my <laughs> the girl who ran away or who got away. Sometimes life imitates art. I don't know if they've actually seen this movie but and then copied it. Probably not, but you know, it's just funny. <laughs> so you can't dictate your feelings, right? Like if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Well, the next part of a romantic comedy is be comedic and be romantic. Of course, there's always that portion in the rom-com where, you know, butterflies would fly. You know, the two couples would be very sweet to each other. Well, these are the scenes where the lead characters fall in love. Well, the kilig parts. By the way, kilig is a Tagalog word which doesn't seem to have an exact English equivalent. Yeah, yeah, there isn't, right? I mean, a friend of mine said that it's Twitter-pated, but I don't think I've ever heard that word being used. Nope, I know Twitter and I know pated. Uh, What is pated? But anyways, (laughs) I don't know Twitter-pated. Yeah, I thought at first, did you invent that word? But it actually exists. I think it was used in the movie Bambi. I don't think people use it. Maybe in English, the closest thing you would have is like, it's like you feel giddy due to romance. Yeah, you you feel something. 
something in your groins. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that feeling when you see your crush. Yes. But anyway, yeah. So these are the parts when the man pursues the woman or when they start mm. going on dates or go running around the beach and splashing water in each other, right? <laughs> so it's part of a montage. <laughs> How actually in real life, is that really like that common? Did you and your wife ever like go around running around the beach and splashing water on each other? Oh, um, no. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of pursuing, right? In the Philippines, there is such a thing called panliligaw or the stage when the guy has to court the girl to get her to agree to being his girlfriend. Well, in the olden days, courtship in the Philippines is a painstakingly long process. Yeah. I would think that this is not just in the Philippines, right? Because mm -hmm. in the Victorian times, suitors in the West had to follow a book. It's like a manual on how to be a proper gentleman to the lady they are pursuing. And of course, it also has a chapter of how the lady has to, you know, act reserved, <laughs> a little bit of pakipot or play hard to get, not saying yes immediately. In the Philippines, the same basic principle applies. But because Filipinos have really strong family ties, courting would also mean, you know, trying to win the approval of the woman's or the Filipina's family. Yeah. So the sutor or what we call manliligaw would introduce himself to the parents of the lady. Of course, that takes a lot of guts, right? Yes. And then basically the guy has to do a lot of acts of service. Like yeah, chores. Fetching water. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Chopping, uh, chopping firewood. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, uh, or cleaning the carabao. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> just, just to prove to the parents, right, that the sutor is indeed sincere with his intentions. And it also helps if the sutor would, you know, bring along gifts or we call pasalubong. Mm -hmm. And then it's for the entire family. Yes. If the Filipina has a younger sibling, then you have to bring toys, maybe Barbie for the girl or Power Rangers toy for the boys. Wait, if we're talking about the olden days, were there even Power Rangers back then? <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. Okay, what would be what would be a classic boy toy? Maybe a wooden doll that he carved himself. Oh yes. Oh, something like that. Yeah. Okay, the, the olden version of Power Rangers. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> But what about modern times? In modern times, I think it's gotten really, really short. Probably because of technology. There's a lot of ways for you to kind of circumvent that courting. Because, yeah. of, you know, texting. You can just send an emoji maybe of <laughs> an eggplant and a heart. Okay. And... <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know. Yeah. It's become easier. But maybe just to explain, right, the difference that I've talked about with my Singaporean colleagues before is that they don't really go through panliligaw the same way we do in the Philippines where it's formal. During our time anyway, when we were teens, the guy had to formally make his intention known, right? Did you do that, such yeah. a thing? Yeah, you would always, you have to tell the girl that you are courting her. Like, mm. pwede bang manligaw? Something like that. Mm -mm. And then, usually, he would, you know, give her flowers or serenade her. Okay, maybe serenade wasn't even a thing during our time. Maybe like 70s or 80s or something. 90s, maybe not so much. Yeah, not anymore. I, I remember, yeah, serenades, obviously, we got that from the Spanish. And, you know, in those times, guys would sing along, you know, bring his guitar and sing to the house of the lady. And there's even a song about it, like, Uso pa ba? Yes. 
right? Okay, Edgar. Yeah, so he's, he's asking, like, are serenades still a thing? Not anymore, I think. So we don't have Harana anymore in the 90s, probably, but the flowers thing was still there, right? Like, my Singaporean colleagues were surprised when I told them that usually they would give flowers even before you're a couple. Because for mm. them, they don't do that. They would obviously give flowers when they're already official. Like, why would I waste my money? You know what I mean? But in the Philippines, yeah. you give that before to show her that you are interested in her, that you're pursuing her, and then you want to hear her matamis na oo, which is like yes. her sweet yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It yeah. used to be very direct and you would ask, hey, can I court you? But mm-hmm. then later on, it became very discreet and then it would usually just start as friends going on a group date, I would say. Like it's among a lot of other people uh-huh. and then there will be teasing and then, you know, it <laughs> takes a lot of time for you to heat up and obviously... <laughs> <laughs> tell your true feelings to each other so it usually takes time it's official like the guy would ask are we naba okay maybe not that uh-huh. <laughs> like are are we official and then if the girl yeah. says yes then that's the time that they become an official couple like an official boyfriend and girlfriend yeah so it's like yeah. clear cut this was ni- mm. in the 90s so <laughs> i don't know how it is nowadays um okay yeah. so if we have followers or teenagers in their early 20s or something please let us know you would love to know (laughs) (laughs) yeah what's courting nowadays how is it like how does it work So I guess in rom-coms, an example of a lengthy courting scene is from Fifty First Dates. Mm. And that is because in that movie, Lucy has some sort of amnesia which prevents her from retaining new information. Like her memory gets wiped clean every night while she sleeps. So every time she meets Henry, even though she likes him, she doesn't remember him the next day. Mm. So Henry would have to woo her all over again every day. And he became very creative, changing how he does it each time. And this results in a series of romantic and comedic scenes. But Ray, do you think this movie is very likely to happen in real life? I don't think so. Now, the condition that Lucy has... Anterograde amnesia I don't think is very common Yeah Well of course in the movie Lucy met an accident right And so Obviously there's trauma Involved That's why she had that condition Mm -hmm. But having Severe short term Memory loss For an active Teenager like Lucy I don't think is common The only other Scene that I know of That has this condition Is Dory From Finding Nemo Yeah (laughs) Yeah, but but that's even more severe. Dory only had like three seconds of short-term memory. So this condition where you can't transfer your short-term memory to long-term memory, and that's why it it keeps on refreshing. Your last memory is like before you had your accident. So I don't don't think this is very realistic. Although, you know, the movie is really cute, really nice. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of romantic scenes. So I would say that's the intention of the movie to entertain. But there is a movie which seems unrealistic for some people that can actually happen in real life. And the title of this movie is Notting Hill. Mm. Now, In this movie, Anna, a famous Hollywood actress, enters a bookstore owned by William. And then they run into each other another time shortly after that. And after a series of cute scenes, they fall in love. Yes, romantic and comedic. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, all all the (laughs) butterflies, hearts all around. Now, it seems difficult for a celebrity to fall for someone not famous in real life. But that actually happened to a friend of yours, right, Dee? Yeah. And he also happens to be named Ray. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> but not you, obviously. So this, not me, yes. This friend of mine, he's, he's my friend from high school. So he was a flight attendant in the Philippines. And he kept being in the same plane as a popular Philippine actress, Yasmin. 
So on the third time that they were on the same flight together, they finally had a conversation. And this led to them having a date in Starbucks, followed by so many more. I actually met her in a Starbucks as well. Later on, when he introduced us, maybe to prove to me that he wasn't lying when he said that she was his girlfriend. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, they're still together. And they got married and now have a kid. They also have a YouTube channel. And in one of the episodes, they actually talk about how they met. So I'll just link that in the notes so you could hear in their own words what their meet cute was. Mm, Yeah, that's (laughs) a sound romantic and cute. And the airline that Ray is a flight attendant to is owned by a Filipino-Chinese tycoon that we covered in a previous episode. <laughs> John Gokongwei, right? He is a pilot there now. Oh. Ray is now a pilot of Cebu Pacific, but when he was a flight attendant, he was in Philippine Airlines. Ah, so what I happened see. was he was a flight attendant and then he decided that he really wanted to pursue his dreams of being a pilot, which previously he couldn't afford. You know, their family couldn't afford it because it's very expensive. So he quit his job as a flight attendant and really studied to be a pilot. Wow, that is very inspiring. Yeah, it is, right? And he shifted to another firm, to Cebu Pacific. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's that as well. (laughs) Well, Cebu Pacific is now the biggest carrier in the Philippines, so I don't see that as a bad thing. And yeah, despite the pandemic, he does still get to fly just cargo, I think. Mm, So it's good, yeah. So the next part that we will cover in our rom-com is the conflict. It's like the climax, I would say. Yeah. There has to be something keeping the two leads apart. Or something should happen in the middle of that film that will cause them to have problems. Yeah, because otherwise it's like not really interesting, right? Like if it's all just happy. (laughs) Yeah, there there has to be something negative. Yeah, Yeah, one common trope I notice when it comes to rom-com conflicts is relationships that start as a bet or a job. Like usually the male lead goes into a bet or gets paid to date the female lead. But then he falls in love with her for real. And then of course, the conflict is when she finds out about this and then runs away, hurt, like, how could you? And he tries to explain to her that it started out that way, but now I really caught real feelings along the way, you know? So that's the conflict. (laughs) So some movies that have this premise, she's all that, cruel intentions, how to lose a guy in 10 days. 10 Things I Hate About You, Failure to Launch. Wow, that's a lot. That's why I told you. I really noticed that this is a trope. But even though this is very common in movies, I don't think this premise is realistic because I personally don't know anyone that this happened to. Like, do you? No, I didn't think so too. (laughs) What is it like? It's like a truth or dare or like I dare you to date this person. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is a real thing in the US because those movies I mentioned are US films. But in the Philippines, no, I don't think this is realistic. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that would ever happen. Well, I I would think a more unrealistic conflict in a movie is from the Philippines entitled Blue Sang Itim. Oh my it's God. a very old film. It's an 80s film that starts Nuki Serna, the favorite actress of my friend, yeah. and Richard Gomez. Now, in this movie, whenever the lead Jessica wears an enchanted black blouse, or in Tagalog, blue sang itim, it makes her beautiful. And she calls this other person as Jessa. So yeah. <laughs> she becomes another person, Jessica and Jessa. Well, she's not very creative, but... <laughs> She just removed, I see. (laughs) She becomes Jessa. Uh And then the guy, Angelo, falls in love with Jessa. Well, the conflict for Jessica is whether she should tell Angelo the truth. Mm -hmm. 
Because whenever she takes off her blue sang itim, mm-hmm. it would reveal her true self, the Jessica. So can you imagine she would wear blue sang itim in, you know, during her wedding? Or what happens if yeah. they're making love? Yeah, that, is, that is very awkward. <laughs> when will she ever wash her blue sang itim? How smelly is that blouse? <laughs> also, in, I remember in that film, like when she was Jessica, mm. she just looked the same, but she had like uglier eyebrows or something. Like, obviously, you can <laughs> tell it's her. Like, come on, Angelo. Uh, <laughs> the same way that Clark Kent is only differentiated with Superman through the eyeglasses, right? <laughs> that is true. That is true. Okay. <laughs> I guess films are just unrealistic as a whole. <laughs> Yes. But if we're looking for a realistic conflict, I think it's from the movie Something Borrowed. So in this movie, mm-hmm. there are two best friends, Rachel and Darcy. So Darcy's mm-hmm. engaged to Dexter, who it later turns out has feelings for Rachel and vice versa. Now they find out that actually they had always liked each other even before. So they were friends even before Darcy came mm-hmm. into the picture. But because Darcy is a lot bolder, she flirts with Dex first, so Rachel steps aside. Mm. Now, of course, now that they know the truth, the conflict is, well, who has dibs on Dex? <laughs> or, which is more important, your friendship or a hot guy? <laughs> mm. Yeah, that is the conflict here. So, that is a dilemma. Yeah, I guess I have to say that in real life, birds of the same feather always flock together, right? The saying is like that. So there mm. is a huge tendency for friends to have the same taste in men. Mm. And yes, I have had instances in the past when I had a crush on the same guy that my friends did. But luckily, in my case, there weren't serious crushes. So rather than ruin our friendship, he became an additional reason for us to bond. And the worst part of that is if the guy is your now common friend and you become the bridge Ouch. for them to have stronger relationship and, you know, uh, the guy would tell you secrets and then to pass along to the girl or whatever it is. Yeah, right? it, yeah, it that's painful. Yes. even more painful. <laughs> And now that you mention it, it suddenly triggered a memory for me that, yeah, I did actually get into such a situation. But, I, you know, I'm not going to name names and all that. <laughs> but you're right. It was painful for me. But, uh, you know, eventually I did move on because, well, the two of them got together and, you know, I have to move on. Yeah. Did it turn out well for them? Like, how are they now? Did they get married or how did it turn out? Uh, no, they eventually broke up. But it was okay. a long time, I think. Maybe it was years before they broke up. I so, see. yeah. But that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, that did happen to me but that is not what I'm saying that is realistic though but rather it happened <laughs> to my friend Lottie who was best friends with Tom who had a huge crush on James and told mm. her about it Lottie actually also had a crush on James but she didn't tell Tom because well he had dibs <laughs> so she stepped mm. aside for Tom to the point of trying to avoid James even though they were all classmates and even though James was very clearly not gay so I don't know what she had to step aside for, for Tom. <laughs> like, what? But Lottie is a very, very loyal friend, I guess. Mm. But it turned out that James also liked Lottie, actually. So in the end, they ended up together. Mm. So yeah, so this is the happy ending that I was talking about and not mine and not my friend. Mm. I see, I see. <laughs> Well, it can happen in several situations. So that just proves that this is a very realistic situation. Yes, it is, actually. Moving on to the next part of the rom-com is after the big conflict, there's usually the breakup. It becomes worse and the couple would eventually break up. Now, our couple is doomed to have the rug pulled out from underneath them, see their world fall apart, 
for everything to seem unfixable and unresolvable. So one of the most popular breakups in Philippine cinema is from the movie One More Chance. You know, remember Popoy Ooh. and Basha? My twin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from their birthday. You and Bea yes. Alonso have the same birthday, right? Yes. So Popoy and Basha are played by John Lloyd Cruz and Bea Alonso. That movie's Owned so many quotable quotes like, <laughs> I already gave five years of my life, boy. It's about time you gave me what I want. What is it that you want, Basha? <laughs> no, it wasn't like that, actually. But I think <laughs> not, it wasn't really the breakup scene I realized that was more popular, but the one after the breakup. Where in, mm. You remember that line like, she had me at my best, you had me at my worst. Pero binaliwala mo lang. Ding, ding, ding. It's an old film, but you know, people are still very familiar with those lines. There's also another movie that has a popular breakup scene. Well, it's called La La Land. It's a movie where a jazz pianist, Seb, and an aspiring actress, Mia, fall in love in a series of beautiful musical montages. Yeah, it's a beautiful film. Now, when Mia successfully auditions for an acting job in France... Seb encourages Mia to devote herself to acting. Well, that just means that they will be drifting apart. Mm-hmm. Now, the two profess that they will always love each other but part ways to follow their own dreams. Yeah, because Seb needs to stay in LA where La La Land, I think that's why it's called La La Land, LA, LA Land, maybe. Ah, la La. <laughs> it's a song as well. well anyway, yeah, okay. Th- this is a very common scenario, and in uh-huh. fact, it happened to. Two of my couple friends. What happened to them? My, my friend Mary, she, she had to go to the U.S., you know, to fulfill her dreams of becoming an overseas Filipino worker. And that's why they had to part ways. Mm-hmm. But then both Mary and Jacob, they, you know, found each other's partners elsewhere. Okay. Jacob stayed in the Philippines, whereas Mary also, you know, got married with a husband in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I have another couple friend where they got separated. Again, the Filipino went to uh, the U.K. for her job. The guy stayed. They broke up. But then eventually, they found each other again. And, oh. Know, and now they're getting married uh, this year. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's possible to have a happy ending. In El- in La La Land, actually, they, they don't. Like, even mm. in the end, after five years, they see each other again. But then Mia is, has married somebody else. But mm. they're both very successful in their career, which I think is, yeah. like, more realistic, right? Like, if you part ways and you... Sometimes you just have to make a choice between career and love life. They were both successful in their careers, but they didn't end up together. And it makes sense right because at a certain age there's always that moment where you prioritize your career over anything else yeah and if it's really meant to be like if you really are meant for each other then you would patiently wait for each other let that person fulfill whatever it is that he or she desires before getting married and you know if both are patient then yeah like you actually and lang lang isn't that the same thing now that we mentioned ah, yeah, it it's the same <laughs> Almost the same case. Uh, but for us, we didn't get separated. I mean... Uh, you didn't break up. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it's just physical distance. Well, we need to give an example of something that's not realistic as well. Mm. Uh, in the movie Casablanca, this is actually a black and white film. Really <laughs> old film, but it's a classic. So anyway, in this movie, Rick gets reunited with his former lover, Ilsa. But she is already married to Victor. He's a Zek resistance leader. Ilsa seeks Rick out because he can help provide papers that will allow her and Victor to travel freely around Germany and Portugal. But then she confesses that she still loves Rick and he agrees to help Victor and Ilsa states that she'll stay with Rick when Victor leaves. Rick wants to help Victor so that he gets to (laughs) 
he fails, all right? So what happens yeah. is Rick coordinates an escape for Victor, but at the last minute, he tells Ilsa that she must go with him. He explains that Ilsa would eventually regret leaving her husband and he doesn't want to put that kind of pressure on her. Mm. And although it's difficult for Rick to give up the love of his life, he chooses to do the best thing for Ilsa. Now, in my opinion, this breakup probably can't happen in real life because it's too altruistic. Like, mm. I am finding it hard to believe that someone would be that selfless and give up someone he loves, even if it's for our own good, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe if for a kid or even then, like, it's still a bit of a stretch, don't you think? Usually, if you love someone, you really don't want to set them free, even though there's a saying. Yeah. Especially if that someone also loves you back. Yeah, there's that innate feeling that we, we are a little bit selfish. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that happening unless there's, like, there's a messiah complex. Like, <laughs> I want to be hurt. Yeah, probably. The next part, of course, is the finale, right? Mm -hmm. After the big conflict, the breakup, all the heartaches, the problem is resolved and they live happily ever after. That's almost always the ending, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's the usual case for a majority of rom-coms. And you know who popularized these kinds of endings? Uh, Disney? It's the mouse. Yeah, Disney, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. It's the pinnacle of happily ever afters. They have famously taken some fairy tales from Grimm's book mm -hmm. and changed their original sad endings into happy ones. Like in the case of Little Mermaid, right? Did you know that in that movie, the original story, mm -hmm. she didn't end up getting the prince to love her and eventually she died. Oh, no, that's sad. That would sad. have been a very, very sad ending. Yeah. And I don't think anyone, <laughs> any child would want to watch that. It's that's not really ending. a Disney-themed movie, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the original story, it was supposed to be a cautionary tale about the dangers of accepting abuse or inconsiderate treatment in the name of love. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe not the audience. Disney is looking for. That's <laughs> yes, why they, yes. they wanted to change the story for their own sake. Yeah, exactly. Our, our first ending is from a fairy tale. It's entitled Enchanted. Uh -huh. now, in this movie, Giselle is from the animated kingdom of Andalasia and she gets pushed into a well <laughs> where she is transformed into a live action version of herself and transported to New York's Times Square in the real world. Ooh. Now, in the real world, she runs into Robert. And they fall in love. And so she doesn't want to go back to Andalusia anymore. She wants to stay and be married and be in love with the real-life Robert. And why is this unrealistic? Well, obviously, <laughs> there's no magical kingdom of Andalusia. Okay. And for someone to magically appear in, in New York's Times Square... Um, I don't know. If, if that is real, I want to be part of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a parallel animated universe. But that movie is actually hilarious. Like, I, I really enjoyed that film. Anyway, another happy ending that came from a movie is from Letters to Juliet. So, again, mm. it's not the main lead story that I am drawn to here, but that of the side character, Claire, who goes on a journey to search for her long-lost love, Lorenzo. Claire in this film is she's really old at this point in her life. So after many days of searching, they do find him and the two of them end up getting married finally after many years of being parted. So that was cute. Mm. So in real life, a family friend of mine, Auntie Sarah, but she's not my real aunt, but that's how we are in the Philippines, right? <laughs> yes, everyone is auntie. And uncle, as long as they're your parents' friends. Yeah, in Singapore, even the taxi driver is uncle. <laughs> yeah, it's so 
<laughs> but it's like broader in Singapore now that you mention yes. it. Yeah, but I think in the Philippines, it's because you treat them as your family. In the Philippines, we don't call uncle to a stranger, right? Definitely not. But, but in Singapore, if that's a stranger, like a cab driver, you would call him uncle, which mm-hmm. to me was very strange at first. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hmm? Uncle? Yeah, do you know? Do you know each other? Yeah. <laughs> what you call him, uncle? But anyway, exactly. That was, that's the common. Yeah, that's the difference. I would say. Yeah. So anyway, Auntie Sarah, she was in her forties or fifties, but uh, mm. she thought at that point that she wouldn't never get married because she was already too old. So she was single mm. until that age. But then she somehow crossed paths with her former boyfriend, whom she hadn't seen in years. Now this probably doesn't seem like a big deal now. When we have Mm. social media, right? And you can easily keep track of all your exes if you want to anyway. But back then, it wasn't that easy. And, you know, he had moved somewhere else already and he had also gotten married and had kids. But by Mm. the time they met again, he was a widower. Ah. So they reconnected and they end up getting married. Finally, after so many years, just like in Letters to Juliet. (laughs) So I guess that's why I would say that is realistic. Yeah, and they lived happily ever after. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, that's the last part of our rom-com movie. Mm -hmm. It's usually a wedding or anything, like a happy ending. Yep. It's, It's a common ending in the Philippines movies anyways yeah it's usually not a happy ending unless there's a wedding back then anyway but surprisingly now there are films that are not like that mm. I recently watched Catherine Bernardo's film that was based in Hong Kong Ooh. what is the title of that Hello My Love Goodbye so it's based in Hong Kong so I got curious obviously mm. <laughs> like, okay they're portraying <laughs> OFW life in Hong Kong in the end she actually doesn't end up with a guy like they part ways well, it's obvious from the title. Oh, yeah, you're right, damn it, yeah. Because it's yeah. goodbye. <laughs> yeah. What was the title again? Hello? Hello, my love, goodbye. You have a point, oh, damn. See? Like, I guess I just forgot about the title. And also, <laughs> it was a Filipino film. So I thought mm. that typically, that's how it would end up. Actually, I was happy that that was the ending. Because if they had forced them to be together, it would seem too cliche and also not realistic. Mm. Because like, if she were to end up with him, she would have to give up her long-term dream of moving to Canada. So basically, Mm. I liked it more that she really pursued her dream. It is realistic. They did live happily ever after separately, I guess. Mm. (laughs) Kind of like Mia and Seb, yeah. But the the title is a little bit lacking imagination. Yes. It's like, whatever the title is, that's what you get from the movie. It's like snakes in a plane. True. Yeah. Samuel Jackson film. Yes, yes. Snakes in a plane. What is it about? It's snakes, snakes in a in plane. A plane. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You have a point. <laughs> to close this episode, there is that saying about how truth is stranger than fiction. Maybe there are some true stories that are a lot better than Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So if you know some hidden gems, please let us know by sending us an email at bananaqpodcast at gmail.com. We would actually be happier if, you know, those things we said that didn't seem realistic and you gave us a legit example of how they actually happen in real life. Like somebody really owns a lusang itim or... Owns a mailbox that can time travel, you know, we would love for you to let us know about it. And then I Mm. guess that's it though. That's how we're ending, right? Uh, Happy Hearts Day, everyone. Happy Hearts Day. Bye. Bye.